Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Mm-hmm. What's up, everyone's fans? That's right. We are back. We're back. What is it? 36 uh, hours, I guess, Heather. Heather Ingerson, Michael. Yeah, she's about back. That. Hi. Yeah, it's, well, it was Sunday. We had Lance on last week, but um, we are changing things up. We're going to start doing the weekly pod recordings on Tuesday evenings and to get it out uh, on Tuesday nights so we can free up our weekend and I can travel to Maine and Providence to cover the minor pros. And uh, you can do the hockey thing as a hockey mom. So it kind of mm-hmm. works out for everybody. You know, nobody's missing time uh, anywhere. But we are back. We hope that you missed us. Ah, just kidding. But <laughs> uh, me, but I don't know if they missed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, before we do talk about some uh, Boston Bruins hockey and, and our show sponsor, I do want to uh, shout out. Uh, the Black and Gold uh, Podcast Network family member, um, Thomas Nystrom. And he is the host of the Short Shift Podcast, which is an absolutely amazing show, amazing program. But uh, I came out today and um, uh, 
let us know uh, us diehard listeners because I, I listen to every freaking uh, episode that they put out and, and look forward to every episode that they put out. So, uh, but he came out and just mentioned something about his best friend Sean who passed away last week, and and he did say something on Twitter, but didn't get into details. But today it was more or less he let us know how it happened, and it was a little bit of emotion. You know, it sucks when somebody else is you know really cool and they lose a a, a good friend, a best friend. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Hopefully, um, Thomas is uh, doing okay, and hopefully the family of Sean, uh, who passed away last week, is, is you know, doing okay in their grieving process. I know it's not easy. It's not easy for anybody, but uh, kudos to, to Thomas for, you know, still doing the program, getting on. I know it was hard in the beginning, but, um, you know, as, as the show went on, you can hear him getting more comfortable, and it was like, that's my boy right there, just yeah. getting back into with a rhythm, and I love to hear it. So, love you, Thomas, and and hopefully everybody is is uh, okay with you. Yeah, definitely thinking about you. It's really hard when we lose people close to us, and yeah, um, especially you know your family, you know your best friends, and are your family, and just right on for keep going. But you know that's probably one of the best ways you can honor your friends, you know, to keep up fight. So. Yep. thinking of you guys and you know it's never easy you want to say you know everyone goes it'll be all right and it will be eventually but right now just thinking of you you know thoughts and prayers as they say it's redundant Absolutely. means nothing but really buddy we're thinking of you and your family and his family and situation as hockey family goes it's how you recover you know it really is and Let's start the program, shall we? Let's do it. All right. The Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is powered by BetOnline.ag and in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions Sports Media Company. This is Season 6, Episode 256, and we kindly ask that you please subscribe to our weekly Bruins Hockey Talk on all worldwide audio podcast platforms and video content on our related Black and Gold Podcast YouTube channel. We definitely appreciate any and all support on all our avenues of digital content. You guys are absolutely amazing. Speaking of absolutely amazing, uh, the folks at betonline.ag, Heather, they're mm-hmm. awesome. And uh, they continue to work with us. They continue to sign the contracts and 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 I love them. So let's hear uh, a little bit about betonline.ag and then we'll be right back. BetOnline.ag has covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the postseason. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all worldwide sports this year. Head to BetOnline's new updated website or mobile app to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, when the game starts. All right, we want to thank BetOnline.ag once again for being a solid, solid show sponsor. And please... Check them out. If you're in the wagering, you know, aspect of of fun and and can do it responsibly, please go to betonline.ag and use that code. Man, I'm serious. They do. They have a. They have betting on everything worldwide. It's sports worldwide. It's just. It's amazing. 
But uh, Heather, let's fucking talk some hockey, huh? Let's talk some Boston yeah, Bruins hockey. We, we have we're not going to repeat ourselves because we were back on the pro, we were on the program on Sunday. We recorded episode two fifty five with Lance um, Scavetta of the um, Black and Gold and Teal Hockey Podcast. Uh, thank you very much, Lance. Truly appreciate that. But let's get going here. We have some fresh topics to talk about. Uh, let's go, Heather. Where are we going? The freshies, and I was afraid we might not have enough to talk about after just a short two-day span. You're crazy agenda lady. That's what it is. I know. You're crazy agenda lady. Because you know I can find things to talk about when it comes to (laughs) hockey-related things. So um, let's talk about how Coach Cassidy, although we keep hearing only as mild symptoms, is not traveling with the team uh, to start this road trip, as they say. Um, I don't know if maybe that's just because they're crossing the border and the logistics of what you have to do to cross the border, uh, you know, and maybe he'll be at least released from protocols or whatever, but kind of concerning. Now it's been like a week that coaches still not able to join the team, not anything against the coaches that have been coaching the team. They're doing the same, you know, holding out down the fort. But what do you think? Do you think it it's more logistics maybe of them crossing the border or do you think he's still testing could be a like, mixture of everything without being in the room or, or, or with the medical staff. Um, but you'd have to gravitate to the thought that it's a border issue and so on. Because um, I know that they're they're very tight on restrictions. If, you know, like, what is Bruce going to do when he gets on the plane? And, but he, what if he doesn't have the pandemic thing that's going around, right? But has a fever or the actual, like, flu that everybody get seems right. to get every year, you know, is that something that they're afraid of? Like when you go up to the line and you have a slight fever and they put that thing on your head, don't they not allow you on the plane? I'm not sure. I haven't flown since all of these uh, things yeah. were in place, but I, I would though. think, I would think that though that might just be cause you're cro- like, maybe if they were going to New York for the week or whatever, that he would maybe still travel with them or they probably can't actually travel if they're still in protocol. Yeah. But I don't know. True. There's the thing going on and coach isn't going to travel with the team. It's the, what they said was at least to start the trip, but really they'll be home next Saturday or whatever to play Vegas. So it just would make sense that he would not join them at all. Then if that's the case, yep. maybe just stay home and work with the kids. Maybe no sick will feel better. We'll talk about that in a second. All right. Anyways, Coach Cassidy isn't going on this uh, Canadian swing. Really? We're about to go on. Uh, but also the Bruins, not only have we had the coach come down with something and in a protocol and half of the AHL Bruins and the whole team and shut down down there for a bit. We seem to have some other thing. Like you said, it's flu season. There's regular colds. There's a lot of germs in the world that cause regular winter kind of illnesses. And one seems to be going around the Bruins locker room right now. Uh, McAvoy missed Saturday's game. We know that. Uh, but Monday, Allmark, Coyle, Nosek, and Grizzlick, they weren't at practice. Uh, and then they said that Nosek won't travel with the team. So that means the other ones will at least be. But... Bleed, McAvoy, and Allmark were on the ice today for the skate before they went. So I don't know what to make about this. I, I'm actually a little more nervous about these kind of things, like a flu or a stomach bug or something like that, going through a locker room than I am about the other one. But I don't know. Your thoughts on... Well, it's the, because you don't know. 
It's because you don't know. It's like you don't know until you get tested. So you you could have the flu and you could be thinking, oh shit, is this the start of of yeah. um you know the pandemic crap? So it's it's tough. It, I mean, it it sucks getting the flu. I hate you know I I love winter. It's my favorite time of the year, but I don't like the freaking runny nose and the sickness and all that crap. So, um, I do have a question that I'm gonna uh, um, cherry pick from the Short Shift podcast uh, in today's episode. Um, do you feel that the Bruins team is responding a little differently with the change of voice? Not saying anything like they're not. They weren't speculating that he's gonna get fired or anything like that. But do you think that it, what, from what you've seen, do you see the response a little better with a different message? I said that Sunday. I said, I mean. Oh, I did you? Think, I'm totally sorry. Well, no, I, I don't it. know if I said it on the show or if it was before we started recording, but I kind of like half-assed commented. I actually think they're playing a little better. Like when we lost, we didn't look as bad. Right. Uh, right. But at the same time, it's all the same message, right? It's not like they're not right. executing the overall message. But no, I actually... I do actually think the Bruins okay. looked a little less. I don't know if we would have lost that tight of a game to Tampa Bay. I think it would have been a lot bigger gap given <laughs> the trajectory. So basically, yes, I've had a few thoughts to myself and I've even said to you a few times, maybe Cassidy needs the ninth floor for a game to see what you're doing. I know, right? And it's uh, almost like that situation virus. right now, but he's going through some unhealthy, freaking tough times, you know. But, uh, you know, I had to tip my cap to that question on one of the hosts uh, brought up on the short shift pod. And I was just like, huh, that's interesting thought, you know. What about you? Yeah. What? Do I think There's so? There's a lot of coaching changes going on. No. <laughs> Jesus, we'll yeah. Let's not get into that freaking hard. I'm just kidding. Wasn't that yeah. kind of weak? Uh, yeah, we'll no, I, I – I don't believe so. I, I believe that Bruce has got just a little more time on that leash. And if messages get stale, management should be really on top of it and make changes appropriately. But we all know how that all works out. We wanted to see management more responsive when shit happens, but it is what it is. Maybe they'll do well, something this week. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> this week just started. It's only Tuesday. Well, I'd like to apologize to those of us who can see us on YouTube. I look like a Tuesday right now. So <laughs> I just, um, I'm like, my throat is raspier than normal. This is new for I'm, us. I know. I'm like all thrown off. That's what I, I said before I came up here. I was like, I don't even know how to do it on a Saturday instead of a oh. Sunday. Imagine. Speaking of that, speaking of YouTube, I do want to mention because it triggered YouTube. I had to say something. Okay. We're approaching 400 followers on Twitter, and I want to thank you, everybody who follows us and subscribes. Um, please give the videos a like. We truly appreciate that. That just hits an algorithm. So, um, yeah, we want to thank you uh, for the YouTubers. We truly appreciate that and the comments. The comments are, are somewhat fun. <laughs> They're, I don't like even Steve, want to know. No, like Steve Dangle always said, dude, he's like, um, you know, Put your content out there, but don't read the comments. <laughs> um, I think I always forget that you can see us. Like, I just think we're on like just the audio. Like, it never occurs to me. No. Like, wow, people will see whatever I'm doing right now. Moving around or whatever. But uh, yeah, so uh, that sorry. All right. I digress. Let's focus. It's Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for moving. Um, OK, so Bergeron broke his nose. Uh, as we probably all suspected when he was bleeding the other day. 
Uh, he had to have it reset, a little procedure. He said it was more so he can breathe than, uh, you know, for aesthetics, like how good it looks. And he had the funniest quote. He says, I think my modeling career is already over <laughs> at this point, which is funny. You're laughing, but I'm laughing because there is no girl in any sane woman out there or man that also thinks men are hot. Going back to our conversation earlier uh, about smoke and hotties. <laughs> Uh, Bergeron is fucking hot. Your nose has been fucked up six or seven times, but no, you could be a model after you get done with your hockey. So don't give up on that dream, Bergeron. I just want to say that for all my baby I, friends. Well, now I want to say something. And I gentlemen want, I, friends. I just want to clarify that the smoking hottie I was talking about was Jackie Redman on the NHL Network. And Heather doesn't know who Jackie Redman is, which I found. No, because you threw funny. me off and I'm like, what? I did know who she was once my brain tapped into it. You like <laughs> randomly started talking about smoking hot. <laughs> and I was like, what? What are we talking about? We probably just ruined Jackie Redman's appearance on this program. You know that, Well, right? Well, I would warn her against you because you're a weirdo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, how about if I interview you independently? Uh, and also just to clarify that conversation was, oh, well, I never noticed she was that smoking hot because I don't like All right. women. So that was the conversation. Well, now it's weird that you put it out of perspective. Like I that. know. It's not well, true. All it. true. Now you guys learned everything. <laughs> now you learned everything. Okay. So Bergeron, poor nose. It's fine. All right. Zaboro, though, is indeed on the IR and is getting reevaluated in two weeks. Let's talk about this. I can't. My defense, I can't, Mark. Yeah. Can't. Um, God, I'm still. Another thing from the short shift pod that I learned today is like, you got to think about injuries two sided. Like, how severe is it? And the message of reevaluation, like me being reevaluated, re kind of I gravitated to this probably won't be that serious because they're giving it a little more time before coming to the uh, the final verdict of what happened. But those guys kind of brought me down to earth a little bit and said, you know, maybe it's uh, to reevaluate once the swelling goes down and they can get a better idea of what they're looking at mm -hmm. and, and the prognosis long-term, you know? So shout out to them, tap, tap, you know, tip the cap to them again. Um, but it makes sense. Totally makes sense. But what sucks is you're losing a player that who has been playing a, a really, really good game since he got inserted into this lineup, as we've talked about several times in past uh, episodes and that's that's a tough loss for this defense who seems to keep on getting not worse, but going through real bad trials and tribulations of of an identity, if if that's fair to say. Um, you know, you got Mike Riley giving the turnover machine, you know, you got sickness, you got, you know, injuries. It's 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 interesting. And there's a reason probably why that we're sitting in the whatever position in the Atlantic division. But, you know, I don't know. Um, no, the defense is getting worse. And the reason it's getting worse is because even starting two summers ago when you should have been fixing your defense as you went along, you chose not to. Okay, I understand. We talked about it. We had a short season. Shout out to Lazan and Zaboro for holding down the fort the best they could for outing. But Zaboro's been playing really well, and this defense is worse, I think, than it was even last year. Uh, I hate to say that because even players 
that we love, like we talked about. Now, that being said, Sunday, Carlo had a good game. Some of yes. the people, me, you, and Lance called out, you know, some of those people stepped up and had much better games uh, than, or whatever, the last, they played better. Um, but still, I need more. Like, like I need a little more from Grizz. Uh, McAvoy, even though he's not there, he's generally very steady, but he's had his moments too, where his head's not quite in the play. Mike Riley, we don't know if we love or hate you because sometimes like we're like, oh, there's Mike Riley. And then other times we're like, which is most of the time lately. And I need to go back to the other side. Um, This to me is concerning because I feel like I always get nervous. It's the other way. Like "Mm, it's, they can't even quite figure out what exactly is wrong until some healing starts to begin. And that is not, again, I'm more concerned as well, just for Zaboro long-term, just developmentally, like hopefully it's something maybe in two weeks, they're like, okay, in another two weeks, fine. That's like, if someone breaks a leg or something like that, you know, it's like normal athlete injuries, anything between two and six weeks after that, I, I don't know, but we don't know because the Bruins, even if they could, they would never tell you like you don't know. They're true. never ever. And it's not about HIPAA. It's just about that. We just happen to have one of the most tight lived organizations. In we the world. do believe it or not. Don Sweeney does not give up much yeah. of anything. It's like every four weeks he comes out, gives a 10 minute presser and lets everybody ask him his questions. Yeah. Neely comes out, answers question for 10 minutes. And then they go back to the offices. Now, They'll make rare appearances, say, if we trade Jake DeBrusque or something like that, they'll service GM meetings around that time. Sweeney comes out to say what happened or whatever. But, yeah, that's it. All right. Sorry, I'm digressing again. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Okay, in a weird thing, this was just weird to me, and I'm sure it was just, like, something they had to do for transactions. So with everything going on, sickness and injury or whatever, so – Steen got sent back to Pro- signed back to Providence to be called backup. So Steen is still, uh, uh, I mean, assumingly traveling with the team on this road trip, and he's staying up uh, as Ashan is also. So, uh, do you think that? Do you think it's because he's deserved to stay in the lineup, or do you think it's more of a we're still screwed? We can't get reinforcements. We don't know what the hell's going on with Jake DeBrusque. And yada yada yada. Well, the 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 news yesterday of um, Steen going down and coming back up—that was more or less paper transaction. Mm. The one today was the one that said he's he's going on the trip. You know, mm. um, yeah, that whole paper transaction thing during this whole uh, these pandemic times in the past couple seasons—it's been weird to to figure out because steen has been down and up down like three or four times on on the uh transactions list on ahl.com you know and i get it but i i just think it's nonsense but uh yeah it seems like a waste of like i know i know it just just seems like a waste of time let us let us hear the official one that you know it's going to be there but um, the Ashan one, it's, um, you know, it's good for the kid. I, I like the kid. Um, but what a game on against the Tampa Bay lightning. I, I'm not sure if we really covered much of it, um, on, on Sunday with Lance, but, uh, he really played good against a really tough team. And I thought he held his own at, for a smaller defenseman. I'm not saying that, you know, 
he was the best out there and everything a lot, but he did his part. He, he was making small impacts to, you know, better that defense on the back end against a very powerful Tampa Bay lightning. You just look, look at the roster. It's Stamkos, this guy, that guy, you know, it's like, and I thought he was poised, calm, you know, and, and a real pro about it. And, and it's good on him. I mean, such a, a solid soldier down in, down in Providence for the past couple of years. I mean, literally when he's, um, you know, paired with uh, Brady Lyle, they're easily the best defensemen that, in my opinion, down, down in Providence. So, uh, it's good to, you know, he's earned, he's earned the call up, believe it or not. I was going to say, that's the weird thing that when we played Tampa Saturday, we didn't really talk about the games too in depth, like, you know, just, I didn't think so, but we looked losing to Tampa. What looked like a better loss than some of the, like, it looked better than when we lost to Detroit on Tuesday, like oh. just the all around look of it. Right. Yeah. Like, but that's part of the thing that's driving me mad is how can you lose two to one to Detroit in regulation, but lose three to two to Tampa Bay in overtime on Stamkos doing Stamkos things, which I understand. All right. That's the situation where the show's sway. You'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to be fair, He's got, you know, a decade and a half or whatever of NHL experience. And these are the moments that you need to grow from. Um, but I don't know. That's that's the maddening part is like, so now without our coach, more people down, McAvoy out, everything. We're going to look better against the Tampa Bay Lightning than we did on Tuesday. I put it this not. way. Heather, put it this way. Think of it this way. It's, it's, two, it's two sides of the spectrum, okay? But they both gravitate in the middle. At this still no 60 minute effort, hmm. you know, there you go. Six, 60 minute effort. I believe they would have beat the Tampa Bay lightning. They played well. They played very good against a very powerful team. That's definitely on the rise from, you know, remember when they started, I was just like, Oh, oh my, yeah, they- my, my fourth place in the Atlantic's looking good now. And then all of a sudden <laughs> here comes the wagon and then, you know, it's crushed, but you know, it's, that's the way it is. If you had 60 minutes in there, constant in their face and do what, what you can then i believe they win that game um but you didn't and you didn't win and you didn't even put i don't want to say like that much of an effort i think that every time they go out there they put an effort but there wasn't enough to beat a, a, a detroit red wings team um mm-hmm. that i thought was definitely beatable you know but yeah, I know, but I actually had a feeling we might be able to beat Tampa. I, there was a couple mm-hmm. points in that game where I was like, oh, shit. But then I do what I always do when we're playing Tampa. I scream, stop shooting straight at Vasilevsky. Jesus yes. Christ. Everybody knows you have to catch this cat side to side, and sometimes he trips up and you got to – and there were a few times – it's like uh, there was one with pasta. I remember distinctly. I'm like, that's when you have to bury it. That's what we need is like, and Did I you? get like opportunity. Things aren't perfect, but like, you know, you're not going to score an Andre Vasilevsky shooting at his freaking lightning bolt or whatever. One, one thing that I noticed from that game um, was, was sticks in the lane from a very good defensive core headman and all those freaking guys on that D um, the Bruins were looking for that side to side one time pass but they just couldn't couldn't get it by the sticks. The lanes were closed. When the Bruins were like out towards the point they were making those passes, 
back and forth, snapping it around. But once they got closer, that freaking that lightning defense just shut right down and collapsed everything that was being passed to. They couldn't get a pass for a one timer, couldn't get a pass across to get Vasilevsky moving. Period. Exactly. It was just, you know, which which leads you to if we're not going to have opportunities down low like that, we're going to have to bring it out back where the goaltender is going to see it all day coming at you. And Vasilevsky is a freaking huge guy, huge guy in that. And he's going to eat up all the shots that are going to hit him in the lightning freaking in the logo. Yeah. And he's really, really good at what he does. So two times Besides being champion. giant, he's back yeah. to back. Yeah, he's he's got some accolades that prove him to be the best in and frankly until someone knocks him off he's going to sit on that throne for a while. He was he was available he was available after Malcolm Subban. Just saying. That makes me want to throw up a little. Is that worse than 2015? That is way worse than 2015. <laughs> way worse than 2015. I, so Every time you want to bitch about the 2015 draft, think we could have had Andre Vasilevsky in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of fucking depressing, actually. But um, uh, you know what? It, it's so depressing. I want to take a screenshot and send it to you. Do you know why? Because he's fucking Russian. I love you. They're like, fuck it. Fuck the Russians. Even if he's awesome. Even if he's going to be like a freaking hard trophy winner someday, probably. It's fine. All yeah, the, you made me drop my infos here. Um, okay, Jesus, Tuesday's Tuesday's weird. All right, we gotta keep it together. Keep it together. I think we're doing great. I'm loving. We that. are. I I mean, but I also am an egomaniac, so I'm gonna think we're doing awesome, even if we're not. Um, so our old friend John Moore has resurfaced. Like I said, uh, Jack, uh, Sean is sticking around, but he had to have like the roster paper transaction too. But John Moore. I don't know if there's a sign of just how hot of a mess it is up there on defense at times, but uh, John Moore's coming in for reinforcements as well. He played nine games so far down with Providence, and he's got one goal and four assists for five points, which actually is not that bad of stats uh, for nine games. And Ashan, I don't think we ever mentioned, we, we talked about him coming up, but down in Providence, he had 17 games with two goals and eight assists with 10 points. Therefore, I don't know. John Moore is half as effective as a Sean, but John Moore, who like you said, he's one of those players. You never think, but good for him to have a little bit of life down there and keep playing uh, when they need him down in Providence. Uh, the um, thing about John Moore is he's coming back into the lineup and uh, I honestly haven't seen him in games recently. I could be wrong about that. Mm -hmm. Well, he um, was injured at the beginning of the season, wasn't he? I think he was still on the IR. But even when he uh, lately, lately yeah. uh, down in Providence, he hasn't been playing because he was injured. So I think he was coming back from an injury and was healthy enough to to be that kind of guy to join the Boston Bruins because they're yeah. a little bit depleted with the, with the Jakobs Borrell injury. Um, and it's always good to carry uh, an extra player uh, on these road trips. So, um, and I know they still have to keep it under their, their 23 man roster and so on for a salary cap implications. But um, yeah, I mean, he's got NHL experience. I mean, that's the guy you're going to go to and you know, that's, 
that's what John Moore is right now to me. I, I know he's not the best defenseman. I know the contract was terrible, whatever it is. But John Moore is that type of player that you want to look down in your minor pro system and use as an emergency, a break glass in the case of emergency types of situations. So now, now people are going to love him because he's he's a lot better than uh, some other people that we could call up. But um, listen. This is where we've come to is that they want to see Connor Clifton in this lineup so little that they would rather pay John Moore his $2.5 million. Um, they would rather pay John Moore his money. I think that's a signal to Connor Clifton and or Mike Riley. Like, okay, John Moore actually is a better defenseman than you currently. And he makes less than you. So there you go. Like, Right. Didn't right. Riley get three? I think. Uh, yeah. I don't know that to be true. Uh, listeners, as you know, Inga makes shit up in her own head, but that's what's going on in my head that this defense is so fucked, especially with Zaboral out, that we have to recall John Moore. That being said, it's a good sign people are being released from Providence, which you can speak on in a little while. But I mean, I don't know. I don't personally think that. I don't think John Moore's as bad as everyone makes him out to be. I'm not saying I think that he is like a top four defenseman or anything like that. I do think that the contract ended up being shitty, but at the time seemed like a good signing for John Moore, right? With what he had done and it just, whatever. But he's our new Steve Camper. He's our veteran that has experience and can come up and fill in if you need to in a quick fix. The well future, said. Like John Moore looked what good in training. I thought he was going to be one of the defensemen because yeah. he played well during the thing. I did and too. I'm, maybe that was more of a cap salary thing, you know, that you know you're not going to play as much, so go down. But he was playing well. And yeah. uh, then he got hurt or whatever, I think. And then it just all, you know, then it's like, okay, well, here you go. IR, and then now you're in Providence. But I think it'll be all right. But he's our new Steve Camper. So I actually like to see him. Also, I'm biased, so I like who I like, and I don't care if anybody else does. Uh, and it can't get worse. This is where I'm like, anything that may just keep this chugging along until we trade Jake DeBrusque for a defenseman. Please, God, trade for a defenseman. We have 5,000 people that can be trained to be a center. We do not have 5,000 people that can be a ready-made defenseman. I'm just throwing it out there. Agree to disagree, everybody. Um, okay, well, again, like I said, I'm I'm only magical. You know who else is magical? Do you want to know how good Tuka Rask is? Tuka oh, Rask, Olympic medalist, proud Finn, proud dad and husband. Then's a trophy winner, Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> Start out there. Greatest Bruin goaltender ever. And now the greatest e-bug ever to live. That's yeah. right. How you end one season as a $7 million elite goaltender and the next season are just bumming around with your buddies and have to be the e-bug because some kind of bug or something's going around the locker room. This could be the funniest Tuka story that we have had in a long he's, time. Funny he's like, and awesome he's, like a clown. Like it amuses me. No, he's like, he's like this like the uh the janitor at a school that's gonna like all of a sudden come in and teach a class <laughs> yeah just like <laughs> you oh, know? I know like hey i can do this you know like good for good for him and so on but it it, it started a, a pandemonium of of happiness i mean there's some there's some believe it or not there's some fans out there that really love to grasp and want to see him back and, and appreciate what he did you know in his 15 16 17 years as a boston bruin in this organization 
uh, career numbers. Um, you know, just just an un- unbelievable freaking player. But there's other ones that woke up when they actually saw him be in the e-bug and now he's practicing with the team and and now the hate is back so mm-hmm. uh welcome both sides of the uh the argument on two grass but it's it's a little ridiculous at this point so um the whole e-bug thing though i found out today is you can only be an e-bug for a certain amount of time Mm-hmm. And I don't think they wanted to use that on this road trip and carry Tuka with the team. I think that Tuka's still got to work with, you know, uh, the uh, some things in Boston to get a little bit healthier. I think it was appropriate to. I think there was a transaction that um, that Kyle Kaiser was actually going to be the e bug, if I'm not mistaken. It's possible. I didn't quite see that, but Tuka's been practicing with the boys, anyways. And it was probably more precautionary anyways. He was already there. Allmark uh, was and, sick, though. Right, and Allmark was sick. And now that he skated today, they probably feel it's, you know, they're probably just going to have him travel and hopefully Swayman can be hold it down. They don't even play until tomorrow anyways. So there was a couple more. There'll be a couple more days. Hopefully, because we have the back-to-back Wednesday and Thursday, Allmark's feeling well enough. He can maybe handle. I don't know if it's a hard call, right, because – you kind of want Allmark to be in the Vancouver game so Swayman can try his lot at the Oilers. I'm like I'm trying to remember. I'm sorry. For a second, my brain's like, Calgary? Nope. 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 Calgary, Saturday, Saturday at 10. Yep. So, so circle back and you know these things up in here floating for no reason. Uh, but um, it's good that Allmark feels healthier. Well, however you feel about Allmark, you want to be with the tandem you have. You don't want to be yep. trying out your potential tandems. Um, but People were like going nutty and like to the point people are like have to retweet like Tuka Rast didn't sign with the Bruins. He's just being the emergency backup like la 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 like good grief. You don't think if Tuka signed there wouldn't have been a big press conference. Sweeney's all happy with himself because he's got his well, goal time back. Like This definitely shuts down the narrative that so many people had and 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 argued with me online. It's, it's so much fun. I love the Internet. Um but, you know, they were saying that um, they're like, oh, he's out there with the team. And I was like, no, he's not at team practice. He's allowed to be before and after. And he goes, well, there's Bruins players out there. He's like, well, Bruins players can join him before yeah. and after. Technically, he cannot be on the ice practicing as an uncontracted player until mm-hmm. until the e-bug situation came in. Because he's then not then. under contract. He can be there. There's an agreement to have an e-bug and so on. But if you're not signed, you you just can't show up and be, hey, guys, I'm here to practice. You know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go be like, I heard you guys need some defense. I can't skate or anything, <laughs> yeah. but neither can you guys. So does it's it just, fucking matter? It's just so funny that they call me a liar and they're like, well, Mark, you, you just you clearly don't know under, understand what, what it means because there's Bruins players out on the ice practicing with him. And I said, yeah, there are but not during the allotted time that they have scheduled for their team practice. Yeah, because the Warrior Ice Arena isn't the Bruins. That's their practice facility. The Warrior Ice Arena also sells ice to everyone else. Exactly. Boston Pride, Tuka Rask, Rask. uh, 
Marshawn, Bergeron, Tori Krug, and some of their buddies, Eichel and them in the summertime when they're all in town. And when you see them, they can all be on the ice together. They're grownups, just like we can rent a sheet of ice. They can rent a sheet of exactly. ice, too. Sure, they got a better in because they're all NHL superstars. And they but... probably get priority on that ice time, too, as well. Yeah. You know, Because it is in the morning. Warrior mm -hmm. probably doesn't have a ton of people going in there on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning at like 8 o'clock. And then yeah. maybe at 1230 in the afternoon because people are working and they're doing the jobs. Nobody's renting ice, you know, so it's a better opportunity for him to take care of that. You know, um, you, you wouldn't see him doing that at freaking seven o'clock at night. Not a chance. Do you know what I'm sick of arguing about? Uh -oh. If one more person tells me or I see one more person say that we should trade Jake DeBrusque <laughs> with someone like Tuka Rask. Or anyone, because we've all since the off season, everyone always says this. And look, Inga is not an expert on any of this, as you know. I clearly am faking it till I make it. But I do know you can't trade someone who isn't your player. So when someone said something about that I saw earlier, I thought, oh, we're going to sign Tuka and trade him with Jake DeBrus. That's awesome. I really sign can and get Tarasenko. Sign and trade. <laughs> I definitely can get them at the same time. What did I see earlier? Something. There was like. I don't know, LeBron or wasn't him, someone, I don't know, something. And it was like, I'm here in DeBrusque to Arizona and something with Taylor all coming back. I mean, uh, Phil Kessel or something. I'm like, oh, my God. Then there's the other kid, not JT Miller. We'll talk about him later. Then there was another one. It's just you see all the rumors right now. But, like, really? stop doing LeBron this to me. Like, said I, that? I don't know if it was LeBron. Maybe it was or not. I can't try to find There's it. There's a lot of fake like, accounts out there, too. You got to check. That's what right. I mean. It's like, I'm okay. not saying it was him. Like, it could have been because I saw it. Someone had retweeted something. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So it could have been that. So I'm not saying that he did say that. But I just meant generally, there are all these rumors of like whatever are out there. Uh, but it's like, Tuka Rask is not being traded by the Boston Bruins, mainly because he can go sign with who, like right now, if Tuka Rask wanted to sign with any team in the NHL he wanted that had the cap space for him, oh, yeah. they could. They're looking at, like, this is how Tuka's going to get signed. Well, how much you got left? I don't know, like two and a half. All right. <laughs> like, that's how yeah. that signing will go down. I know. Right? And, and, if we win the cup, right? And we, I know we touched on it on, on uh, Sunday's episode 255 when we had Lance Scavetta on from the uh, the Black and Gold and Teal Hockey Podcast and uh, talking about Jeremy Swayman and the waiver prior, uh, waiver exemption of him if needed to go to Providence. And that's still, that's still gaining traction on a lot of hate from people and fans that that could really be an option and they talked about it on spit and chicklets today and they were all like you know what it's fine he's on an entry-level deal that's what that means he can go down he can come up this and that they i mean ryan whitney just and obviously freaking uh paul this and that laid it out for a lot of fans and i highly recommend you listen to that particular episode um, there was a four-hour episode, by the way, and it, it featured Patrick Elias. Yeah, Elias. He was. Humans. It was what a great I love episode. Him. But they talked about the Bruins and and the situation and so on. It's like, yeah, you're gonna get frustrated when he goes down. I get it, but you're gonna be happier when he gets all this experience for the future. Nobody, everybody sees everything in a small window. They're like, Jeremy Swayman's awesome right now. This and that. I'm seeing what he could actually do when he turns 28, 29. That's how far ahead I want to be because that's when goalies really buy in and mature and like get it. 
you know, and that's when they become real NHLers. The kids got the tools right now, no doubt, no doubt. But there's things that need to be worked on, small, tiny things. It, it's okay. Just a fan freak out to somebody that this guy's ready. There's no reason. There's no reason. DJ Bean, holy shit. DJ Bean wrote an article about we should not sign to Grask. Hmm. I didn't read it. I saw it. Yeah, just for the fact is that he's uh, that Swayman's going to be placed down there. He thought it was a terrible idea, and it's like, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm by I'm really bipartial on this, and that's probably a terrible word to say that, but I will say that I do like Jeremy Swayman, and I do like Allmark, and I think it'd be a great tandem. But if they were outstanding, and we were like in the lead for the Jennings Trophy because that's a, a trophy that both of them win. I know you know that, Heather, but some mm-hmm. people might not. Then you look at that right around the trade deadline and you're just like, Womantuk would be healthy in their projection, uh, you know, coming back when they said that he would be like, uh, what was it, mid-February or something like that? Yeah. First projection, not the one that he came out and said, oh, I'll be ready at the end of December. Yeah, um, I don't know what you're talking about. New Year's Day. I, I know. It's like, I'm going to go warm up by doctors, being for Get the, it from the source. The classic. But but at that time period, Heather, if you freaking look at it and they're like, we're Jennings Trophy winners right now. We got it hands down. Do we bring this guy back? That's a legitimate question. But right now, I'm not seeing it in the goaltending. I believe in the goaltending, not seeing it right now. And this is this might be as well as the general managers and the coaching staff in Boston saying the goaltending is not complete right now. So this is just another option. This is a good thing that could happen not saying they're going to roll with three goaltenders that's ridiculous and doesn't work against the salary cap but the waiver exempt is an important thing in a player's um in a player's contract you know it is what it is it's just i don't know and and the narrative of let's just wave uh lenius allmark that was a famous one it's like and they're like i was like you can't do that they're like yeah you can and I was like, no, you can't. He's got a no-movement clause. That also means that he can't be moved to the AHL per the waiver wire. And he goes, of course you can. And I was like, okay, tell me how. And he's like, you go ask him to ask him to waive it. And he's like, going to be it. like, hey, how's it yeah, going? Okay. Fuck you, buddy. We had this conversation before. This I came season. here to Boston, signed a, um, a four-year, $5 million um, uh, deal per season just to hang around for three months and say, yeah, I'm going to waive my no trade to go down to Providence. That just makes a ton of sense to me. First of all, he's not waiving his no trade to get traded, let alone go to Providence. <laughs> See, I'm just saying no one signs a no trade clause for the, I mean, it's not like it's just the first year in this contract that he's like, all right, no trade for a year, like that kind of yeah. thing. This is like, dude, you don't get to trade me unless I decide I'm getting traded situation as players do more and more these days just to protect themselves if they can when they're eligible to do su- such requests. Um, I, here's the deal. Sweeney sold his own fucking goaltenders out last week. And you know what the ironic thing in his little press conference well, it hasn't been great. Well, no shit. You know what else hasn't been great? Scoring production, power play. PK has been fine. I'm not gonna gonna shit on that. That's still been pretty solid. The what do you mean he was fine? He got another slew foot last week. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was bad. Guys, I, I apologize. You're not letting me focus on the program <laughs> and staying on the straight and narrow. Um, Sweeney wants Tuka back the way that 
Mark wants to Google every hot chick he sees, okay? <laughs> he is hot for Tuca, as Van Halen was hot for teacher. Do I need another reference for you to get what I'm trying to say? Tuca no, I get is it. coming back, whether we want to or not, and here's a tip. Tuca coming back plus $4 million five-year no-trade con clause contracts equals Swayman is AHL bound. But the good news is, is Swayman will bounce back just like Tuca did. Swayman's probably not too concerned about it because Swayman probably didn't think he was playing up in the NHL anyways. Do you know what I mean? Because had Tuca not been hurt and had to not be here, you know Tuca would have got re-signed the year anyways as evident of how much they love him. I love Tuca. I'm not saying I don't want Tuca back. But I don't need extra baggage. Like, I also need another defenseman. I don't I feel bad yeah. calling Tuca baggage. I don't mean it that way. But, like, this goaltending is not the biggest problem on this team. And everyone wants it to be. Also, I'm someone who has been a spoiled brat and understand my goaltending is going to be nowhere near as good as it has been since the Timmy Tuca days. It's just not. Okay? We've been blessed. Hopefully, like you said, when... Swayman's 27 years old. He's in his sweet spot sliding up in here as the new Tuka Rask, quote unquote. You know, he'll yep. obviously be this way. But Olmark is not as bad as everyone's making him out to be. Okay? We're okay for now. And I also don't want Tuka to come back just because he's Tuka and we're desperate for goaltending, which we're not, even though that's a narrative kind of being created in people's mind spaces. Just to have Tuka when I'd rather Tuka sit his ass there until we have more cap relief or whatever coming up and we can ditch some off, yeah. then worry about it. But, and like I said before, what's the worst that happens? First of all, I think everyone keeps forgetting the trade deadline is in March this year, not in February like it normally is. So when we're talking trade de deadline, you're not. Now you might be able to unload Allmark if for some reason three months after he signs a cushy $20 million fucking contract to waive it. That's not happening. But you know what? Tuca comes back and he's half decent and looking in Tuca form, you know, half decent in Tuca form. Allmark's going to be an okay. He's our new Halak and Swayman's his new weight and alarm. And even if he goes down, it worked out fine for Tuca. Tuca was this, I think people forget that Tuca was the starting goaltender for the Boston Bruins and they sent his ass down, right? And he ended up coming back and he had to be the backup for a little bit. This was, but you know, him and Timmy kind of played games together. And was he earned his milk crate. Was this pre-milk crate toss? Or after? Yeah. <laughs> after. <laughs> no, it's a funny thing about like, I just feel like this fan base, we're so spoiled. It's the way I, sorry, I'm not, I don't mean to go tangent, but I'm just using it as a comparison that people who like the show. Now, obviously I'm a Bills fan, not a Pats fan, but the Pats were going, the fans were going off the ledge for last year, right? Brady was gone. Things were happening. A lot of people opted out because of the CV or, you know what I mean? In a C19. I don't know what to say without it getting censored. Okay. I can't pick a thing that's reasonable. Pandemic. But everyone was like, the sky is falling. The sky is only following. You're still a medium sized, you know, did medium well, you know, 500 ish record or whatever. It's sky only seems like it's falling because you're so used to the sky just being so blue and clouds are up. So as a Bruins fan, it feels a little like our goaltending sucks. And you, God knows I want to cry myself to sleep thinking about sometimes watching our team defensively. Just like, where are yeah. you guys? I can't. 
Tuka's coming back. You can cry your fucking self a river about it. Jeremy Swayman's not going to, but in the next six weeks, Jeremy Swayman's going to be on the Providence Berlins. I'm sorry. I can't. I don't mean to go on a tangent. It's just like, I get you want Swayman to be the guy. I want Swayman to be the guy, but Swayman might be the guy next year or three years from now. He's not the guy right now. Real quick, I want to shout out Ange. He's a a listener on on our program uh, and and a good friend. And um, he... There was a, a uh, an image that was shared from Mars, and it was some kind of square thing that was picked up on a rover, and it's going to be investigated within three months. So what a crack team up in Mars. Um, but it was a square thing, right? And you, can, you can't really make out what it is, but all of a sudden, Ange comes on and goes, that's the lost remnants of freaking Tuka Rass freaking um, um, uh, milk, milk crate freaking toss. Look. <laughs> Tuka was a little angry when he was younger. Okay. That was awesome. That was awesome. A little angry. But that's what I like. I like the I like the spunk. I I like it, but I also have a dry sense of humor and not super warm and fuzzy. So I relate. Uh but people love me or hate me. I don't really care. So me and Tuka are pretty much the same person. Must be why he's so awesome. Just kidding. Um, yeah. Okay, you know what? I think we need some Bruce Sullivan in our life because Inga needs right. to my brain. I need to just reset. All right. Let's hear from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He's got some awesome stuff. Uh, uh, Christmas is coming up. Birthdays are always, always coming up in your family. And uh, do yourself uh, a service and get in touch with Bruce. Follow his Facebook page and um, give him an email. Let him uh, ask him if he's got this person or that person uh, on the Bruins uh, alumni list or a current player that he's got autographs for. He's got an extensive collection and it's uh, really, really well-priced. So uh, get in touch with Bruce and hear from him and uh, we'll be right back. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. We are pleased to announce our Black Friday sales event. Choose any autographed JSA-authenticated and inscribed Bruins jersey for just $69. Or buy three or more and pay just $59 each with free shipping. Choose from Busick, Black, White, Gold, or All-Star jersey. Cheevers, black or white style jersey. Middleton, black or white style jersey. Don Marcotte, black or white style jersey. Or Terry O'Reilly, black or white style jersey. $69 each or three or more and get them for $59 a piece. We are pleased to announce upcoming signings with 2011 champ Sean Thornton and Peabody native NHL All-Star Bobby Carpenter on December 4th. We will have jerseys pucks, minis, and photos for both players. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! (laughs) 
What's up, Bees fans? We are back. We just heard from the amazing Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He is fantastic. And as I said before, the uh, commercial, uh, please find all the uh, information you have on Facebook, on uh, on his um, his email address and everything like that, because he's a, he's great to work with and has some fantastic stuff. And, um, you know, you need to spice up that fan cave. I can see it right now. It's terrible. Buy some stuff from Bruce Sullivan. Get the black and gold throughout that room and uh, impress your friends, impress your wife, impress your girlfriend, significant other, whatever. Do what you have to do to make the ultimate fandom come out in you. In you. So we are back. <laughs> I got the ultimate fandom. Right. I got the ultimate fandom. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, our friend, our rat king, the boy who is naughty, even if he's not really naughty. Brad Marchand is getting freed. We will have him back for this road trip. Uh, he did do press the other day. Um, you know, what do you think? What's going to happen? They've been playing with these lines out of necessity, but you brought up, is he coming straight back to that first line, which they love? They like to just stick those boys together, or is he going to maybe see if he can't help that second line? Man, I, I would really love to see um Taylor Hall work a little bit more on the first line. I like the I, I actually like what I'm seeing so far from him. It's not overly productive, but it there's a response. There's a there's a little bit of a jump in this step that he's playing with Patrice Bergeron, one of the uh best players in the NHL, of course. And uh even with a nose job, that anybody would want to play with that guy. Um but why not give it a shot? It's like I really want Cassidy and his coaching staff to just be a little frugal with their lineup, if if I can say that. You know, just kind of mix everything up. So if Brad Marchand comes down, then put him on the second line and see what see what kind of spark that will get with a with a Charlie Coyle and a and a and a Craig Smith or or you know you could even mix it up even further and like get Marchand, Coyle, and and Pasternak. How about a freaking Taylor Hall, Bergeron, and Craig Smith line? You know, I mean, fool with things. You got time. I like it. I, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that I'm I'm gonna like buy into all these line scenarios, but why not try them? You know, mm, uh, it's like my when, thing it's is- like when Zaboral comes back. If he does, please try once, just once, to work with Charlie McAvoy. Um, <laughs> uh, my thing is. <clears throat> What the hell else do you have to lose? Like nothing else is really gone right so far. So why not mix it up? I I think it would be the people are saying that, you know, it's better Bergeron's with Taylor Hall because he's a center more, you know, designed for a Taylor Hall type player. Um, and Bergeron makes everyone look good. And maybe that's true a little that Charlie Coyle, as well as he's doing, is not, you know, he's not a Bergeron. He's not a Krejci. He's not like, you know, a player. But you know what? Marshawn's good enough. You know, him and Bergeron, we know, are awesome and Pasternak together. But Marshawn is strong enough on his own that he, more than Taylor Hall, can carry himself without his center being as strong. Do you know what I mean? It's It's... Maybe it's from kind of grinding his way up from like being a bottom six player to being an elite player or whatever it is. I feel like that might be good because one Taylor Hall has looked more Taylor Holly over the last few days, just his overall play. And 
I just would like to see what Marshawn does. We always talk about flipping Pasternak, but now the problem isn't the right side. The problem's the left side, right? Like now right. we need a left wing or whatever. So yeah, um, I wouldn't be opposed to trying it. Cause like I said, what the hell else has really worked all year? And you can always go back to the production line because you know that they're going to be mint. They can be reunited on the power play, whatever, you know, yeah. but we need more five on five scoring because we're not scoring as consistently as we should on the power play. We're not using those opportunities as effectively as normally we do. And that is annoying the shit out of me, actually. Is it <laughs> like we should we, be better on the power play? Heather, are we going on like three or two or three years of this five on five issue? It just seems like it's been going on for a long time. Uh, as sure as they won't play 60 full minutes, we are going to be <laughs> having an issue five on five. But they were looking better five on five at the beginning of the year. But now we're back to a lot of our old habits and. I just think it'll go down from here if we don't nip it in the butt, as they say. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not opposed to Marshawn doing that. I mean, what are you going to do? And then we have players who are sick, you know, like, I mean, you're not going to put Brad Marshawn down on the fourth line, right? No. But you need to get Taylor Hall motivated. Like, Marshy's a, cra a cr firecracker. He's coming out swinging no matter where you put him. You could put him back on the third line. He would still do Marshawn things on the third line and make them yep. look real good. So maybe I've even, I've even, Boyle in Taylor Hall, that would be good. And then you figure out who should be on right wing. I mean, Smith looked all right on the third line. That was working pretty well the other day. You know, um, he doesn't necessarily have to be the, just cause we imagine it one way. If it's not working, it's not working. And you're not going to get chemistry going if you don't shake it up every now and then. But like we said, it has to be meaningful shaking up, not just this like, ridiculousness of like benching people on the night floor for no reason, whatever. Not that panic shit. I hate that. And that's what I think we're at a point where we're 20 something games in that they're starting to really feel that crunch and everyone's trying to save their job, you know? Oh, I lost the word. I lost the word that I was going to use. You just used it, but that's kind of what I was talking about. And I know you don't understand when I was talking about Taylor Hall a little bit was we need we're seeing good things, good breakaway speed from him. Um, the always that creativity for a former number one pick and so on, but it's that finish, you know. And you know, things are stepping up with him being next to Bergeron, too. But we need that finish. And if if we don't see that point production finish coming from him, then I believe that's when you adjust your lines back again. Let's get to the things what we're a little more comfortable with. Um, I like this idea of him being up on the top line because it can be a little more creative. You get to see a different pattern that's coming at you, uh, different ice, different IQ uh, with, with uh, different line mates and so on. But if he's not producing, then what, what's the point of continuing with it? That's that's kind of my point, you know. I, I wish I remembered the word. You were you were once you said that word, I was like, oh. Phil, I was bought in, but I, I lost it. Sorry. And I use so many words. I can't possibly tell you what word that was because I'm a talker and words are my thing. Well, if we were in court, I would have the transcript reread. Re yeah. Please, <laughs> please read that back, Your Honor. Um, also, I'd like to point out, like, Taylor Hall should be a first line left wing. He shouldn't be a second or a third. Like, his pedigree, his name, he should be the top line left wing. So, maybe... Not give him what he wants, but like I said, like Brad Marchand's going to be all right. So why not give it a shot? I mean, there's going to be a tough couple days. Maybe not Vancouver so much because they've kind of, <laughs> they're having yeah, some things happen there we'll talk about. But 
Anyways, I'm just more happy to have Brad Marsh on because he is the only thing that is consistent day in and day out on that. Marshmont is back. He is. Yay for us. All right. Um, I just wanted to mention that the Bruins last week hosted their 11th annual uh, coaching symposium, you know, in partnership with USA and Mass Hockey. And there were some speakers there, including Chris Kelly and, you know, the uh, head performance uh, coaches and stuff like that were there. Andy Brickley hosted. Um, there was a presentation on the American development model, which has been in place, what, like 14 years now, 13 years, something like that, give or take. I don't know. My oldest was very young when it happened. Uh, yeah, but that right on them for staying connected to the community, but also we they're always talking about growing the sport and the way you grow the sport is from the bottom to the top and the top to the bottom. So this is an intriguing way from... Uh, I think for them to be um, involved in the community, but in specifically the hockey aspect, I guess. I don't know. My words are failing me as as many of them as I have. I I like it for the aspect that there's a lot of coaches that are invited to this thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Some mass uh, uh, USA hockey uh, participants, you know, from the coaching level, parent parental level and so on. Those people are all invited to do, to uh, be a part of this. And you get an idea of of what's expected in the future, and and that and that model that's set in for USA Hockey uh, that has been for the last fourteen years. Um, but there's a common goal here is to be a better person, whether you're in the stands or behind the bench, when it comes to developing the younger players throughout the years. And and that message is 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 huge when when you have opportunities like this to hear it from a professional coach. And especially from your hometown in, or, or, you know, New England home, Boston Bruins and, and Bruce Cassidy. So, um, you know, it's it's one of those events that it's uh, it's a must go to if you're really into all of that and want to learn more about how to translate a message and, and just to be a good person. Yeah, because after all, you are you do have children in your care. Yep. All right. Well, let's talk about we have some upcoming games this week. Yes. Sure. Right, so tomorrow, December 8th, we are playing the Vancouver Canucks at Rogers Arena at 9 p.m. It's West Coast Swing, baby. We're going to all be up late this week. Uh, anyways, we're playing them. Uh, the Canucks are currently last in their division, 15th in the West and 27th in the league. But as we know, we didn't exactly wow ourselves when we played them last week. Uh, we did, however, beat them in the matchups that we had this year. They've played 26 games, uh, nine wins, 15 losses, two OTs, and 20 points. They are a dumpster fire. They're negative 10, uh, a negative 16 goal differential. They only have like a 3-8 like, win percentage or whatever, points percentage. Sorry, I don't know why I said win percentage. And... Yeah, there we go. Vancouver Canucks. There are still some people, uh, you know, out there, though, that you have to keep your eye on because not all of it's a dumpster fire, right? There's some guns out there. Yes, absolutely. And before I do that and I talk about some of those players, I do want to mention that tomorrow is uh, the anniversary of the lovely Courtney and I. So, Oh, we, happy anniversary. Yes. Uh, I think we're 26 years. Unbelievable. That's Love a long that girl. time. Yeah, it God, is. she's a strong woman to put up with you all this time. Shut like, your I'm your face. friend. I can just like shut you your gotta, like, face live with you. <laughs> well, All right, ass. but anyway, like Kropius, I hate you. Uh, but anyway, with the um, the uh, the uh, Boston Bruins and Vancouver Canucks game tomorrow night, 
um, players to watch. There's a Carter Garland. He's got uh, uh, three goals in the in last five games. Yeah, I can't read this. This is stupid. Uh, Cameron Hughes has five assists, and uh, JT Miller has six points. Um, and we'll talk about JT Miller later. So there's always uh, so there's some players to be watched. Uh, David Pasenak has two goals. Uh, Patrice Bergeron has two assists, and Patrice Bergeron has three points in his last five games. So, um, yeah, I I, I want to say that we desperately need this win. This is a this is a game that's going to be interesting because we don't know the response of of what this team's this Vancouver club's going to bring with the new head coach, Barbecue Bruce Boudreau. Um, and I know that Bruce uh, got into his first game as a head coach, and I believe they won. Correct? I think so. Yeah, so um, it, they, they could be riding something high right now. Think a wind of change in Vancouver. So um, they're going to bring their game, and hopefully the Bruins bring their travel because it is a long way over there and so on. So hopefully everybody gets rested on the jet lag and healthy, by the way, because of the uh, sickness we talked about earlier. Um, but, yeah, I, I expect the uh, Bruins win and so on. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully because the one game that – we should be banking on at least getting the two points as this Vancouver game. There's no reason. But that being said, they were kind of sloppy when we played Vancouver last weekend. So or last week, Thursday, I don't yeah. remember, but we played them in the last week or so. And uh, then we have a back-to-back. Actually, we're going into the Edmonton Oilers at Rogers place. Cause apparently they own everything in Canada. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, but that game also starts at nine o'clock. Uh, Edmonton just, I mean, obviously, they have Drysaddle and McDavid, but they have a lot of good things going for them. They finally are looking a little bit like the Oilers that they've wanted to be the last few seasons. They've played 23 games. Uh, they're second in their division. They have thir- uh, they have 16 wins, 7 losses, 32 points. They got a plus 16 goal differential, obviously, given who is on their team. But they play... Pretty well at home. Uh, they are seven, five, and zero oh at home, and they are on a two-game losing streak, which is good. But they're six, four, and zero oh in their last ten. So that's, I mean, they're the Edmonton Oilers, and everybody knows you got to be careful of two certain people. Like they, two people literally can carry a team. That's what I've learned from McDavid and Drysaddle. As I'm looking at this app right now from the NHL.com on my phone, just a, just a quick um, stat is uh, in the last five games, Taylor. Taylor Hall. Oh my God. Kick. Connor McDavid has four goals, six assists, and 10 points. Um, so he's going to be definitely one to uh, watch along with his, his line mate most of the time uh, is uh, Leon Dreisidel, the freaking the, the German tank. Um, those guys are just going to come at you in, in waves of offense that are so tricky to, to, um, to figure out because of the the unbelievable moves that they can come at you with. So um hopefully hopefully the Bruins can can uh do a little better than they did uh when the these two clubs played back in November. That was a game that I thought the first period was amazing. I was like, damn, I'm like, we could actually beat th- these Edmonton Oilers. And the second period came and it was another service of absolute shit in the middle frame. It was like, it's, but that's the theme this year, Heather. 
the theme is the second period. It's like, yeah, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I get you. But the theme lately, it's like, damn, that second period. We look good in the first, but we can never carry any momentum in the second, which leaves us exposed in a lot of holes. And then you go into the third period and it's desperation time. And even though the effort's there to get back into the game, there's not enough finish to actually capitalize and get closer on the score sheet. So ultimately, those second periods are the ones that are killing us the most. 60-minute effort. I've said it before. 60, 60, 60. Also, they actually score on the power play. They're tops for power play. (laughs) You know, so... They know how to bury the puck, so hopefully we stay out of the box on that. Yeah, I mean, Edmonton's ninth in the whole entire league, so we're playing two top ten teams this week in the league, not just in their thing. Their Um, power play percentage is 34.3%, which is the first in the league. Yeah. Their penalty kill is not too shabby either. It's sixth in the league at 85.1. The the Bruins' power play is sixth in the league at 24.5. And their penalty kill is seventh. Those both can be vastly better. Yeah, definitely. And we've always uh, been known as a good penalty killing team. Top yeah. three echelon, you know? Yeah, but that comes back to what we t- keep talking about. Defensive structure, defensive structure. They better yes. fucking have some defense coming. I mean, Vancouver, you got to, you know, not play down or whatever. Also, they've had a lot of changes. Maybe they'll be rejuvenated. Uh, but you definitely cannot with Calgary and in Edmonton, they will kick your ass every time this year. Um, as the Flames did last time we met them, they blanked us four to nothing, and we're gonna see them on Saturday, the 11th, uh, 10 o'clock start. Thank you, Alberta. Uh, I don't understand Edmonton and Calgary are in the same damn province, so why is Calgary at 10 and there? <laughs> and it's just, I have I a theory, it. Heather. I have um, a theory. What's it's that? because they want the TV time. They want our um, numbers when it comes to watches and so on. So they keep that number on the weekdays down to, you know, a minimum. So we can, we can actually participate in watching a little bit of the game, but on Saturday, I mean, nobody's working. Well, hardly. It's hockey night in Canada, baby. Right. They're going to regular time and so on. So they'll probably get like three games in a row. And the 10.30 or 10 o'clock game in Calgary would be the last one. So it, it kind of works out logistically with the with the networks and so on and, and how many views and blah, blah, blah. So, Yeah. So Calgary currently, they are first in the Pacific, sixth in the uh, league, and third in the conference or something like that. Uh, Wagon. Yeah, they are playing out of their minds. They're playing really consistent hockey, which I know that they've had trouble with. Calgary's a weird team because they're like they're like the the San Jose Sharks, things like that. They've had some uh, teams that they probably should have gone farther than they have, but they haven't been able to. And the city of Calgary wants some uh, playoff, you know, championship hockey. They can crave it. You, you, everyone keeps talking about Edmonton, Edmonton. Yeah, but you know what? Calgary doesn't have six cups already or whatever, just sitting on their shelf. Right. The one, and I would argue they should have had a second, but I'm on that side of the Tampa Calgary game. We don't have to get into it. That's fine. That's my personal opinion. They should have two, but um, yeah. So what was I saying? Oh, okay. 
Uh, anyways, Calgary is, they played 25 games. They're 15, five and five, 35 points, uh, plus 30 goal differential. So they are putting up a lot of points at home. They're four, two and three. They played most of their games away, uh, including handing us our asses at the garden. Uh, they're seven, two and one in the last 10. Obviously they'll probably play again before we see them on Saturday, but yeah, just generally Calgary is a fucking wagon. Calgary and yeah. Edmonton is scary. Scarier than Tampa Bay is to me this year. Yeah, players to watch for Calgary is uh, Elias Lindholm. Uh, he's got three goals in his last five games. Johnny Gaudreau has five points in his last five games. And, um, yeah, um, the goaltending has been outstanding. By far the best tandem in the league, uh, in my opinion. And I'm not even putting stats behind that. That's pretty much just a, a guess from what I've seen. But, when you do look at the numbers, uh, um, uh, it, what what what's his name? Markstrom? Is it Jakob? Jacob Markstrom. I think. Jacob Markstrom. Okay, but he's got a ten five and four record with a one point eight three goals against average, a point nine three seven save percentage, and five shutouts on the year. And we're at the quarter mark, basically. Yeah. Um, but then you look at the uh, old uh, Berwin Dan Vladar, who shut us out. Uh, the last time he was in Boston, he's got a 5-0-1 record, a 1.78 goals against average, and a .939 save percentage and two shutouts. So seven shutouts thus far this season is absolutely ridiculous, but goaltending is definitely not the problem in Calgary. But that's what happens when you have a really good structured defense. Everything in front of you starts flowing better and it doesn't go in your net. It stays out. Absolutely. that And that continues to be our problem. So hopefully we can get it together. Thank God we called up John Moore. He's got this. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. I just, I don't mean that in a mocking way, sort of. I don't know. Oh, I, yes, I, you I, did. Guess, <laughs> I, I guess I kind of do. I don't know. I just, like I said, I have nightmares about my defense. And I know it's probably not as bad as I've decided it is in my own head, but when I'm watching them play hockey, it seems like the defensive structure of this team is as bad as I've decided it is in my own head. And that's the only place it really counts. Okay, another thing that I just think about all the time, and every time I get a Twitter notification, I'm like, oh my God, it happened. We traded Jake DeBrusque. What do we get for Jake DeBrusque? But I guess the bigger question is, especially given uh, a lot of the rumors surrounding Jake DeBrusque have to do with maybe some teams in the West. And it would make sense. The Bruins do not want to dump Jake DeBrusque in the East and then have his shit blow up 30 goals in their face. They don't want to see that. Um, do you think, uh, or let's talk about this potentially being a showcase for Jake DeBrusque. Is Jake DeBrusque coming home with the Bruins? Uh, you know, all these questions are on the table, my friend. What do you think? Uh, yes, uh, to a lot of everything that you said. Um, I do believe that this is going to be huge for Jake in his effort to move because there's um, heavily, heavy, heavy rumors that he would like to go back out west, be closer to home, totally get it. Uh, but these are the games that you really want to put your best display on. Get a hat trick every game, Jake. Increase that trade value. And I'm not saying that to be an asshole at all. I like Jake DeBrusque. I liked his game when he was drafted. I loved following him throughout the ranks, covering him in the Providence Bruins organization, and then his rise up to the NHL. I, I think that he's a a good player. But, you know, and I completely understand for the mental purposes of him 
you know, is I, I get that a fresh start somewhere else might be needed. You know, this might not be working out. Mm-hmm. And uh, it remains to be seen what the actual details of why he's unhappy here or why another younger player is unhappy here. But uh, that might be a podcast for another time. But um, I think this would be huge for him to display his best effort in front of teams that might be interested that, you know, he might be uh, very, very, you know, uh, able to be traded to somewhere. Um, I'm not sure if Jake's got a a criteria of where he wants to go. I know he doesn't have any trade protection at all. It's pretty much, you know, but I I think that he would really want to go and be closer to the, um, uh, the Canadian Northwest. That's just my opinion. But if that's something he wants and that's something that they like and they see something that, that he's displaying out there on this road trip that is 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 coveted, then, you know, we'll see what happens from there. But it, it's like the guys in the Short Shift podcast said today, it's, they don't have to trade him. He put in a request. That's it. He's yeah. under contract. He, he'll, he'll abide by that contract. I, I know Jake will. I think he's a very – but he just – let it be known that he doesn't want to be here anymore, but you know, whether they facilitate it or not, I, I want to see it. And I'm cherry picking this again from, from uh, Thomas Nyström and so on. And Jesus, you loved their episode today. Go it was good. Uh, it was good. It Go was listen good. to the short shift. I'm only but, kidding. But um, no, it's like, you want to get rid of it. You want to, you want to get rid of the problem as soon as possible because it, you don't want it to get to a point where he's not able to be moved, but could cause some problems in the locker room. So, well, totally so far, that. there's no issue. Like, no one has right. ever said there's issues with him in the locker rooms. Like, they, I don't think Bergeron would be the type of captain that will allow something like that. Well, I don't think that's the situation. I think the situation isn't that he doesn't have chemistry with his teammates. I think the issue is that he doesn't have chemistry with his coaching staff. Yeah, and exactly. he's a boy that's lost, and he's not necessarily – I'm not blaming Cassidy or DeBrusque when I say this. I just mean either – Bruce is just not the coach for him and cannot get through to DeBrusque or, or like, like even just generally, like we say, lose the room. Maybe it's been so repetitive that he lost Jake DeBrusque a long time ago, but doesn't realize he lost him. So he's continuing to do the same things that aren't uh, motivating or whatever. That being said, I do. I, as I always say, I mean, Jake DeBrusque has to own his part in the situation too, but I think this is definitely the problem is not, him and his teammates. It's not even that he doesn't didn't want to be a Bruin. The problem is, is this system isn't working for me or I, sitting on the ninth floor is not working for me. And, you know, whatever you need, each side needs something. And if it's not working, you have to move on. Like I said, sometimes you break up a relationship and there doesn't have to be hatred. And as much as people want to make it like, Jake hates the Bruins and doesn't want to be here. Like, no. And that's why his buddies stand up there with all the shit with him not thing. The buddy sit up and like, he doesn't want to be here. Clearly he requested a trade, but yeah. if you've really been watching it, you also don't blame him for wanting a trade. I wouldn't want and to those, get fucked. Like I said, damned if you do, damned if you don't at this point with us. Those are staff. the people that booed him. Yeah. But these those are the are same the assholes that would have traded Jake to two fucking years ago. So you yeah. don't get to boo him now that he wants to get fucking traded because you wanted to bo- fucking trade his ass three years ago. Sorry not to use the F word. I'm getting into mama protective of Jake DeBrus mode. But what I'm saying is all sides have to own it, but it doesn't Danielle's have to be you. visceral. Do you know what I mean? Like Jake DeBrus will keep being Jake DeBrus performing or not performing playing or not playing. I know you got to protect your asset, but you also have to fucking showcase him and everybody's going to be okay. Hopefully on the other side. Okay. Cause I really, really, 
as happy as I would be to see Jake DeBrus score 30 goals. I do not want to see that happen for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. They already score enough goals. You know what yeah, I'm saying? <laughs> like if Jake DeBrus wins the Stanley Cup with the Edmonton Oilers this year, oh. I'm going to be a little pissed. I'm just saying. Because you brought up a good point, and we don't, we're don't. we not going to talk about it now, but mm, Jake isn't the first young man that wants to get out of the system or has been – passed over, screwed over, whatever verb. Like there are many different yeah. reasons everyone's Who's got next. Jack Stadika, right. maybe. No, I told you Trent Frederick is all day long. The next Jake DeBrusque, he will yeah. get hammered when he's good. He'll get hammered when he's not playing good. Yeah. They'll bully him until he's in the St. Louis blues because that's his hometown or whatever. So <laughs> there you go. Ha-ha, little you didn't in, know little inside was- information. <laughs> You like that, that Trent Frederick. I knew he was from St. Louis. You like that. I know you do. Yes. You think that's awesome. Okay. I love Trent. All right. Um, I guess going along with the uh, Jake DeBrusque, uh, I know you want to talk about this. So let's talk about uh, DeBrusque for JT Miller? Question mark. Well, let's not put it that way. Let's put it in a way that we're talking a trade, okay? And let's not immediately gravitate to to um, Jake DeBrusque. Um, but there's... I heard it on the uh, Spit and Chicklets podcast today that there's a rumor that the Bruins are very interested in JT Miller, and that was from Biz. Um, and he all he said was, I was paraphrasing that a little bit. All he said was, the rumor is the Bruins are they do like JT Miller, and why not? I mean, you could hear freaking Billy Jaffe from the Morning Brew talk about how how he would love to have a trade done for JT and so on, and and he's a good player. Uh, 6'1", 218 pounds. He's 28 years old, so he's, like, really into his prime. Um, This season, he has nine goals, 16 assists, 25 points. He's a minus two. Uh, Four power play goals, 12 power play points. Um, That's 26 games played. Not bad numbers, 25 points, 26 games. Career high, careers, sorry, not career high. But in 583 games, he has 146 goals, 234 points for 380. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm terrible at numbers. He has 146 goals, 234 assists for 380 points in 583 games. So not a bad um, you know, scenario when it comes to points. Uh, in his last uh, five games, he's got two goals and um, four assists. So not too shabby. Uh, played his career with the New York Rangers and Tampa Bay Lightning. And um, the last three years has been with Vancouver, including this season. So um, I, I the reason why I'm just I'm not saying that it, 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 it'll be like a one for one. And I know you didn't inquire that when you started the topic, but I kind of think that a, a player like JT is going to garner a little bit more. Um, so it could be like a pick. It could be DeBrusque. You know, uh, I don't think a one for one is, I like Jake and everything and I like his game, but I think that the way that things have been going for him in the past couple of years and the request for a trade has actually like kind of decreased his value a little bit. Where like back in the day when he was doing good, you probably could get JT Miller one for one and be a damn good deal. But he's also a center too. 
That's what I was oh, thinking. It's like, well, there, there you go with the depth and everything like that. Now, who are you going to move out to facilitate him to come in? Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but but that's that's a developing uh, asset that plays center too. So it's like, well, if you bring in a center, then are you going to have room for a, a player like Jack Sanika in the future? It's like, you know, all avenues lead to like basically no. Um, We're basically going to pinch all our prospects out of our system. Yeah, we've been doing that, basically, because we're carrying on a lot of the guys that we're hoping that these windows are opening for to try to get another championship. And trust me, I hope that's true. But at some point, you got to realize that you really got to make some moves to, to address several needs, not one need. Not two needs, a couple more needs to like really solidify yourself as a as a strong Stanley Cup contender again. And I don't I find it few and far between in this lineup. Can a player like JT Miller be an asset on this club? Absolutely. Guy can score. He's gritty. He plays that type of game that all Boston Bruins fans absolutely love. You know, he comes the guy comes to work on a regular basis. So what we should do is like definitely watch tomorrow's game, Heather, if you can, and like evaluate, see what JT Miller can like bring and in a trade and so on. If it, if it happens, I mean, I'd love to see it, but it's just kind of weird that he's, and I know he's probably a versatile forward that NHL.com is not showing right now. Like if I went to like elite prospects.com, they'll probably show like a, a C slash LW. Mm-hmm. You know, so he could be a versatile player that the Bruins might be interested in. And we know in the past from talking so many times, they love versatile players because they can plug and play them wherever they need to in the lineup. Yeah, they also, though, that hasn't always panned out for us. So I, I just wanted to say that, like last year when we were talking about this, I said the worst thing that you can be is neither tearing it down to rebuild and try to cut and paste it. You either have to total rebuild sometimes or you're never going to get to there. And right now we're at that spot because they haven't in the last two years done any real moves to make us not become a mediocre team. Like I'm not like, no, it's no offense. I I mean, our team's all right. I wish we were playing a lot better. I think they have, they should be playing better, but do I think we compete can compete with Tampa Bay for a Eastern conference championship to go to the cup? Nope, because I don't think they can get out of the first round, okay? That's where I'm at. But we are in a spot where just tear the fucking house down. Tear it the fuck down then. Figure it out. Because I'd rather be bad for two seasons than limp like this for the next 10. While you're still trying to figure out why you're holding on to what coulda, shoulda, woulda. Like, God, like, goddamn right I miss David Krejci all day long. And I don't care what anybody says. We miss him in this lineup. We miss, like I always said, Bergeron gets a lot of the attention, but Krejci has been a silent behind the scenes guy going on and on. He gets more flashy in the playoffs, but he's pretty consistent. He puts up the same numbers every year. You need that in a lineup that goes up and down in production, right? But we need Krejci and we can't have Krejci. I understand that. Okay. As much as I love him and God knows I would love to have Krejci back on this team. I'm also a realist and I don't actually expect him back on this team, but you need someone who can do that kind of shit. Like Coyle, again, you're playing well, but you're not probably the center for Taylor Hall. And that all fell weird because Taylor Hall was kind of coming in to be David Krejci's left wing at the same time that David Krejci was stepping out to be David Krejci's someone else's center kind of thing, you know? 
it is what it is. But they need to do something. They need to do like the go get Taylor Hall. It sucks, but we're already in a weird cap situation. Fucking put Riley and so-and-so and so-and-so and a prospect and a second round pick and fucking move them for something, a defenseman or something, you know, move Jake DeBrusque for something. Okay. Maybe it's not going to be a one for one for JT Miller. But like I said to you, Jake DeBrusque is worth at least a second round pick should be enough to go with Jake DeBrusque. It shouldn't be, okay. you know, whatever. And Jake DeBrusque should warrant at least a second round pick because he is still young and he still has a lot of upside. And I truly believe in my heart when he's not in the system, that shit's going to blow up in our face of how, if he was pushed the right way or whatever. And again, that that's just sometimes personalities and things don't click. I'm not blaming yeah. the Bruins or Jake DeBrusque on this situation. Everyone owns their part, but it's no one's fault. Really? That is going to probably happen. So what we have to make sure is that we don't have something come back in which ends up being another dud ends up being the great. I'm glad Louis Erickson is here. Dud. Great. Now we have David Backus, but now he's sick and injured and whatever. And then it becomes a dud or Rick Nash, right? These were all great, smart moves at the time, but for some reason in Boston land, these things fall apart. I can't believe Taylor Hall didn't break his leg three seconds after we signed him. I swear to God, that's just the way it goes here. So we need to go and do something big. Like, fuck it. Blow it up at this point. All right. Logan Mullen, my boy from Nesson, and he does mm-hmm. a fantastic podcast with Lauren Campbell. And, um, oh, shoot, I don't remember who he else who, who else he does it with. I'm sorry. But Logan's my boy. He uh, he is going off of another um, a tweet. So this is a quote tweet uh, on Bugner and Kevin LeBlanc. LeBanc, sorry. Uh, sounds like, um, this is from Logan. Sounds like, uh, like what Bruce Cassidy has said about Jake DeBrusque. And if teams were to do a player, players needing a change of scenery, one for one, a DeBrusque LeBanc swap on paper makes a ton of sense. So that, that, that's from my boy, Logan Mullen talking about LeBlanc that that's from, uh, I believe this San Jose Sharks. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I don't know. His name's been all over the place today, and I'm like, he had a Good great God. year. I think he had a great year last year or the year before, and he, he his contract real cheap, um, something to work on. He's got that grit, got that style. It might make sense, you know, for but we kind of had a feeling that this was going to come down to it, like a, uh, this is going to be a problem player for a problem player. And I'm not saying it's a terrible problem, like Evander Kane being a douche canoe, what he does. But you know, holy fuck! I wish I never heard the name Vanda Kane ever. Just, I know. I'm, I'm just sorry. sorry. I couldn't um, believe the people that were freaking like uh, adding me. Like, hey, would you take the Vanda Kane? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Kid's talented and everything like that, but talent dude, and his I would pay him issues, to stay. I'm not as far away here. from my club as possible. You're gonna taint yeah. all the good boys I do have here. Nope, 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 nope. No. Listen, I don't if, care if he's productive. If Dustin Bufflin couldn't straighten that guy out. Patrice Bergeron is not. Yeah. So hell no. Um, geez, what was I say? Oh, Mike, Mike Cole is the person on the. Yes. Mike Cole, Michael Cole. Yes. Thank you very much. Great podcast. Check them out. It's on Nesson. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. 
where you listen to your podcast. You could have them right next to us, the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. We're fucking everybody's on tonight, huh? We are. You are on fire. The boys on Short Shift better appreciate you today because Papa Bear is tired. I I at least know one person is going to appreciate (laughs) <laughs> All right. Um. So let's just do a quick Providence update. Not that what's going on in Providence, because obviously they haven't played, but just any word what's going on. It seems they're letting people out of jail now. Uh, and by jail, I just mean pandemic protocols. <laughs> Things are starting to look a little bit better for the Providence Bruins, the American Hockey League, the top minor pro affiliate of the Boston Bruins. Um, there were six uh, members on ice with one goaltender at Providence College. Uh, on that sheet yesterday, uh, Mark Diver reported that there were uh, a dozen members with a goalie and so on. So things are starting to work out uh, to their benefit. There's still players that are not on the ice, though. That's a concern. Uh, the Providence Bruins uh, have worked out loan situations with certain people to get them in here, get them practicing, get them kind of affiliated with the system. Uh, that's going to be in place uh, for the next weekend. There's actually three games this coming weekend on Friday, December 10th. They're playing at home against the Belleville Senators uh, on Saturday, December 11th at 7.05. They are on the road in Springfield for their first. Uh, no, they're not their first. Uh, against the Springfield Thunderbirds. And then on Sunday, December 12th at 3.05 p.m., they are playing the Toronto Marlies. But the Belleville Senators game was postponed on Wednesday. So that could play a heavy role in a decision to possibly postpone this game on Friday night, December 10th, because of the numbers that the Providence Bruins have with their protocol uh, issues and what could happen um, after tomorrow night with the uh, Belleville Senators that are supposed to be coming to the Dunkin' Donuts Center. So um, it remains to be seen if that game's going to happen. I haven't heard much about protocols with the Springfield Falcons or the Toronto Marlies for that matter. So those games might happen. But in recent news, I'm just taking information from uh, the AHL when they say that a team has postponed I look at the I look at the uh, schedule and see what's up, and there's a little bit of speculation that a game might not happen due to uh, the pandemic crap. So, um, but the Providence Bruins uh, do sit in the hang on, let me computer boot up. They are in the third position at the 17 game. In, uh, sorry, they're in the third position in the Atlantic Division. At the 17 games played, they have an 8-5-3-1 record with 20 points. Uh, they currently have a streak of 2-0-1 and a 6-2-2 in their last 10. Um, so not bad. It's getting better. But, um, you know, obviously things have to work out with the lineup and get back in. I mean, this actually hurt the Providence Bruins this last week by not playing in any of those games when they had a three and three weekend. So, um, you know, these, uh, the guys don't have game time, a lot of practice. So if they do end up getting this game on against Bel- uh, Belleville on uh, Friday night, we never know what time, kind of team we're going to get. Cause it's going to be a little, it might be a little rusty, but that's, that's basically it for right now. There's a lot of transactions that are going on, but, a lot of them, to me, seem to be paper transactions when it comes to the American Hockey League and their transaction page. 
So it's it's really hard to figure out who's going up and who's going down. Obviously, the Oscar Steen one today is is solidified. But uh, no, I mean, there's there's some good things happening. But it's kind of depressed not having the three games in three last week because you know me and my minor pro hockey. Um, yes. Yeah, speaking of that, as much as people want to bitch about Don Sweeney's drafting, uh, I want to make out with Fabian Lasell because I think that <laughs> he's he's looking like I'm gonna want to keep him forever in a day. So I don't know. I know like I, I we're not really prepared for you to give us like the full on update, but that's why you have your own little show to do. But I don't know. I just love this dude. I love him. So fuck off everybody about Don Sweeney because you've redeemed yourself. Those seven players you picked are now forgiven. Just kidding. Yeah, I know Fabian's doing good. I've been watching a lot of his uh his games this season. Uh, particularly the last um uh, five games he's been really turning it on uh offensively uh and and really rounding his game out um there were a couple stretches in the season where i mean he was he was producing but it was more or less like you know in every game or uh you know skip to and then you get another point or a game but now it's coming down to like he's getting streaky um so in the last five games he's got five goals seven assists 12 points in his last 10 games, he has seven goals, seven assists, 14 points. And uh, for the season, he has uh, nine, nine goals, 17 assists, 26 points. And that's in 20 games played. So he is a um, well over a point-per-game producer right now and, and doing well. I think that this was important for him. This isn't a great league to put him in. Because he's he's a little undersized, he's a forward, and I think that the WHL is is one of those grinder type leagues. I mean, this is like the typical fourth line type of league. You go in there, you're gonna battle. It's gonna be hard, and I think that this was better for him because obviously Vancouver Giants had his rights in the WHL as an import to draft him. But I think that even if he was drafted by the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League team or or in the Ontario Hockey League team, he wouldn't get the exposure of the physicality aspect that he's getting out in the dub right now. So when he comes into Providence in a year or two, he's going to have that. Yeah, I know you're playing against a mixed variety of players right now from your veterans down to your prospects in the AHL and so on. But I'm going to be ready physically and I'm going to know when things are coming. There's bigger ice overseas. We we know that in the SHL and so on. When you come over here, you play on a smaller sheet. Everything's coming at you faster. Leagues like this prepare players like him for moments like he's going to have in the next two or three years because it's just really good. And I like this pick because when now we're identifying we have a weakness on the right side, and this is a building block that we can work on moving forward. So, uh, big props to Fabian and his uh, his game out west. And if you have the opportunity to like at least get a game and and buy a game or buy the season, it's only a hundred and some odd dollars. I know it's, it might be expensive to some people, but it's a really small investment. And this covers all three leagues in the CHL. So for the hundred and I think it was $30, $40 that I paid, I get to watch all three leagues. So I get to watch Brett Harrison and and Ryan Mast. Uh, Brett Harrison plays for Oshawa. Ryan Mast plays for the Sarnia Sting. And, and then obviously you got Fabian LaSalle playing the WHL. So it's it's well worth the money. So 
that's kind of my prospect update, kind of sorta. But uh, no, I love me some Fabian LaSalle. Yeah, loving it, loving Stop it. Stop calling him Fabio. I didn't Dump call him change. Fabio. Dump and change, oh. folk. That's kind of funny, actually. But, but, yeah, no, shut your face. It's funny. Those boys are funny. They crap. Yeah, they are fun. Sam, Sam's, Sam's my, Sam's my man, but he always like, Fabio. Also, they have nasty mouths like me, so I appreciate yeah, that. I know, right? Um, okay, well, that's pretty much it for the Bruins talk. Although, uh, happy birthday to a Bruins alumni and badass goaltender, Cheevers. Today is his birthday, so happy birthday to you. Um just a few things I'll fly through real quick if you want a quick comment or not comment on, but I see the time and I see that we're getting close to time, but a few things. Uh, the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame is doing induction for 2020 and 21 uh, on Thursday in Denver. Uh, they're all going in. Tony Granato, your, uh, Jerry York, who we know very well from being around here with a, a Hockey East or whatever. Um Dan Blaze, Tony Granato, Jenny Potter, and Jerry York are going in uh, together as the class of 2020. And Flesher, Holgram, and Peter McNabb, also Bruins alum, going in to the Hall of Fame as class of 2020-21. And Lester Patrick recipients, uh, Jack Barzy won in 2021, and Lynn Olson in 2020. They will also be honored uh, that Thursday in Denver. So congratulations to the newest members of the USA Hockey Hall of Fame. Go USA, USA. Uh, I also, even though I know this dude is not the most popular dude and some people like him or not like him, I would like to also say congratulations on a 1,000 games for Louis Erickson. Uh, I know, again, some people love him, some people hate him. I like Louis Erickson. I know it wasn't so hot when he was here, but he played a 1,000 games. So congratulations congratulations to you, sir. Um, John Scott's a huge fan. I don't, yeah, I love Louis Erickson. I'm sorry, I just do. Um, also, it's the thing. I have a thing with the Swedes. You know that's probably yes. explains the probably explains the Fabio slash Fabian whole oh, thing. God, just, if he face. grows out the main. No, I'm just kidding. I think Fabio's ugly, but Fabian I might keep around forever. Um, Mark, I don't. I don't remember we talked about this when Lance was on, but uh, Mark Bergevin's out in Montreal, and Jeff Gordon's uh, <laughs> taken over as assistant. Uh, whatever hockey. Uh, assistant vice president of hockey operations. I couldn't think of what the title was for a second. Sorry about that. Uh, so good for Jeff Gordon, I guess. Uh, everyone's saying, you know, his job's now to find a new GM, preferably one that's bilingual because Jeff, everyone's making a big deal already. It's like how much friend, how I need you to get out of the, you have to speak French. Now I understand you might want your coach to be bilingual because they give the most press conferences and the most access, whatever, but dude, it's not 1946. There are plenty of GMs that don't speak French. Get them a translator. It'll all be okay. You need help. But yeah, Montreal started blowing some shit up in there. Uh, any comments on that besides? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, it was time for a change. You know, Jeff Molson was, um, those guys were tight. They were, they probably still our best friend and so on. But when it comes down to business, he, I think he hung on to Mark just a little too long. And I know that the Stanley Cup success last year, not, not winning, but, you know, being a part of it and, and being there against Tampa Bay Lightning was important, but it just wasn't enough for future longevity, in my opinion. So, um, you bring in, um, uh, Jeff Gordon, uh, and, and you know he's a he's a good GM and so on, but he's not playing the GM role because 
they really want. I think that he's just, I think he's going to be the mastermind behind everything while he has the Francophone kind of um, um, player underneath, person underneath him that's going to relay the messages to the media and so on, which is bilingual. And there's, there's heavy speculation on, on several people for the job. Particularly. I heard Marty Brodeur turn them down. Oh, really? That's what and last week they were saying. Patrick Montreal. I don't know that to be true or not, but I had seen that Montreal had approached Marty Brodeur and Marty Brodeur said, I have no intention on leaving. Well, <laughs> there you go. New Jersey Pat- Devils. Patrick Waugh offered his name up, which was, I don't know. That, Nobody wants Patrick Waugh to coach that team. that's going to go. Dude, you quit and, this um, team. Why do we want you to coach it? Jesus Christ. But one that's one that one name that's interesting, bilingual, and, you know, I think from the area, if I'm not mistaken, is, is Daniel Briere. And mm-hmm, he's, cur- he's currently uh, the GM of the Maine Mariners in the, in the East Coast Hockey League, which is the double uh, A minor pro affiliate of the Boston Bruins. So, um, we'll see what happens with that. Um, that's a big jump yeah. from the main Mariners to the Montreal Canadiens. It is, it is. But if you think about the, 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 the trail of the connection between Gordon and it, it's not, I know it's not Gordon. It's what is it? Who is it? Groton? No, it's Gordon. Oh, okay. Cause I'm saying Gordon as in like Gordon's fisherman. No, Gordon. Go okay. All right. So I don't um, know. When New England is, it all sounds the fucking same. I know, the water sounds I know. you know the ah, it's the ah. <laughs> but they do have a um a, a history because it originally the main mariners the past couple of years were a Philadelphia Flyers affiliate. And then they moved to a, be an affiliate with the New York Rangers, where Briere and Gordon would had a relationship, not you know at the table and now on every meeting, but they would be in talks as an affiliation of the organization. So, I mean, he might have saw something really good in in uh, Danny Briere's uh, communication, his drive, you know. So who knows? But we'll see what happens. I'm I'm not too fond of either. But then then again, you you hear about. Um, uh, Bergevin being uh, the guy that's probably on the highest on the uh, the list for Vancouver Canucks, who just well, that's um, funny because that was the next one. Benning's out as GM. They fired yeah. their head coach, Bruce Boudreaux, as you alluded earlier, has already barbecue Brucey. They also fired their uh, oh um, I don't know how to say this guy's they name. They went to town. Dan Smell is interim GM, but they fired their assistant GM. They are on a tear and it was made clear that this is just the beginning they're pulling some new york ranger shit from a few years ago where they just like no buffalo sabers we're firing everybody yeah. yeah they all have uh okay uh yeah so that's the situation in the canucks hopefully that uh but one i wasn't really too surprised about but i'm surprised didn't work out to uh philadelphia filed elaine vigneault which may be one of the most french coach names ever uh maybe he's the next gm of the <laughs> montreal canadians he does indeed speak Can- anybody speak french out here we need a gm no i'm just kidding um so <laughs> anybody anybody will do i did you see I the do you see the cop dog take a fucking heater on the freaking philadelphia flyers logo i did that was I awesome. That was never awesome. want to hear someone complain. About if I was gonna dump in a place like again. that, that's where I dump. 
because that dog shit on the logo. So next reporter that walks on the thing or Justin Bieber walks on the thing, everyone shut the fuck up. Oh, um, I love it. Okay. Although I do think it's brilliant that the last couple teams to come in decided to put the logo not on the floor to solve that problem. Yeah. <laughs> just, hey, how about if we just don't have it on the floor? There you go. What are you going to do? Um, so that was that. Um, I just wanted to point out uh, this popped off the other day that Arizona was for sale and maybe they were going to Houston. I was like, oh, goddamn, Mark might be right. But then Gary Batman and the Arizona Coyotes like fucking a the team isn't moving. We just I mean, sure, we got nowhere to play next year. But listen, just like just like Elliot Friedman said on 32 uh, 32 thoughts, the podcast until Arizona has a place to play and they and they mention it. You're going to hear this shit all the time. Yeah, and I want to, I want to dovetail a little bit on on the topic that if they can't find a place to play in Arizona, but the idea of uh, uh, Houston is in play because they are technically in the Central Division now. How fitting is that? That's just that speculation right there, Heather. But if you can't find a place, why not play in Kansas City for a little bit? Well, I mean, you already have a place in Houston, actually. So, in yeah, arena. Well, they're not going to Houston because the team isn't moving. And as they also alluded to on 32 Thoughts, that I'm shit takes, you... three, takes three to five years for that to shit happen. It's not going to matter for next season. Right. They still right. need a place to play. And the team is still going to be the Arizona. No, I get it. But Houston already has the arena. That's the yeah. that's the thing. And I get that. But as they also brought up, Gary Bettman is not moving any fucking team until there's absolutely no well, fan base for the team. And Arizona's problem isn't a fan base. Arizona's problem is they keep having stadiums in the stupidest place. Well, currently they don't have a place to play next year. Uh, no, I, they, I, they have their I understand, shit nowhere, I understand so. logistics and so on, but I think they're gonna be playing in Tempe. Nah, I think Houston. At, I'm gonna bet you five bucks. A okay, beer. Well, we'll bet a I'll beer. Bet, I'll bet you one beer. And you'll never have to own up on that Montreal bet that you've renewed on for Fine. 15 years, okay? <laughs> I I bet they're playing in Tempe. Arizona State. Also, Arizona State has a hockey team, and they were playing well, and like a bit oh, like hockey interest is out there. So, meaning they have a place to play there. Like, they don't, yeah. it's not going to be as big. It's not going to be whatever, but it's better than the no place they have to play. I'm thinking, who are these fuckers that aren't going to rent them there? Like, you know how they're getting evicted from the stadium? What the fuck do you do with a hockey rink in Arizona if you don't have the professional hockey team playing? Sure, you could bring in a smaller club, but then you have the issue of if you get a an AHL team there, say, well, that stadium is going to be too big to fill for an AHL team or the mm-hmm. arena. I don't know why I keep saying stadium. It's because my bills lost last night. Did you see my tweet the other day about freaking a rink and out? door rank in new mexico yeah. oh yeah i saw that and that's i true. said is this heaven and i was like no it's mex it's new mexico mm-hmm. um that would that fascinated me i was like holy shit now i've seen it all all right so i see times clicking down i just had a couple other quick things um this is making me nervous and i know the answer to this question but is the nhl pulling out of letting their players go to beijing i'm i'm thinking so the the deadline is in January, I think it's early January, um, but we'll see what happens with that. Numbers are rising worldwide, and this is just getting crazy again. Um, 
you know, players like um, the who's the goaltender that Robin said something? Lander. Yeah, Robert Lander came out and just said, you know, it's not good for me and and my my you know mental illness and whatever because you know if if we do get COVID, stuck, uh, yeah. the Very pandemic, nice. damn it, yeah, you're stuck there. So you, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. You see, it'll be interesting if I have an issue with the league telling them they can't go. This is weird. I have an issue with Gary Bettman and them saying you can't go. I think that the players should be able to negotiate that. The teams are paying their salaries, right? So if Connor McDavid gets stuck on Team Canada and he can't come back from China, that's between Connor McDavid and the, uh, I almost said Arizona Coyotes, holy shit, Uh, Edmonton Oilers. That to me should be between them because technically they're the ones paying his salary. I don't really care if it's bad for the NHL if McDavid gets like I'm just using him for an example, marooned in in China for three weeks. That might be bad for overall business for your league, but I don't care. I think that should be up to Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. And I don't know, I don't know. I just have a hard time. Like, no offense, like, but like Austin Matthews and them, like not my cup of tea, but do I want him kicking some ass on Team USA? Yeah, but again, that should be between Austin Matthews and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, you know, that's just how I feel about it. But you know all day they've already didn't want them to go to these fucking Olympics. And now they have reasonable reason to not really let them go, right? Like, I don't know. Um, All right. Uh, My other thing I just wanted to say before I shout out like I always do is today is the 80th anniversary of the bombing of Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. So as always, remember those we've lost in service of our country and those who continue to serve. Um, and I just want to say that 80 years, man, 80 yeah. freaking years. It's like so it's weird. Um, but that being said, that's all I got. You got anything else? No. Can we all go right, to Patreon? I'm, I'm going to, yep. Real quick. I'm going to say blackandgoldhockey.com. Follow the writers, follow the awesome podcast, blacking Gold Hockey Podcast, the Black and Gold and Teal Podcast. That's for you, Lance, because I stumbled over it the other day. Uh, Dump and Change Podcast, Beehive Podcast, Puck Lines, Hults on Hockey, Causeway King, Short Shift Podcast, Third Line Grinders, Lindroth Podcast, Providence Hockey Reports, if they ever get back on the ice, hopefully, in the yeah, next day or two. And um, on and off, remember the Maples. That is the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast Network. Uh we are us. Uh, go rate, review, follow Black and Gold Hockey uh, podcast, please. And thank you. Uh, thank you, as always, for interacting with us. And uh, yeah, next week, I don't think that's too bad for our first one on Tuesday with just 48 hours for Inga to try and find some topics, Mark. Not bad at all. You know Not who keeps this engine running, though, besides Bet Online AG? Jesus, Hopefully. those Patreon members, we freaking love those guys. If you want to be a financial supporter to this podcast, Every episode, and it's only a dollar. You need to go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast, get involved in donating to our program. And if you do, you get eligible into winning some fantastic prizes like this hand signed Andy Moog jersey, which is going to be available for winning this year. Uh, I'm sorry, this month, sometime in the middle of the month. I haven't decided which episode we're going to do it on, but this is going to be it a dollar but you also get eligible for like hand signed pucks don Marcotte, 1972 stanley cup champion 
and Johnny Busick, 1970 and 72 cups, all fully authenticated in the back and everything comes like that. I ship it to you just like this in a nice box, all for a buck. And these are the weekly prizes. These are the weekly prizes. The hand-signed jerseys are the ones we give away every month. So like I said, please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast. You donate a dollar. We pay some bills with that money. We appreciate you guys, financial supporters. But the other half of your dollar, the 50 cents every time, goes into all these weekly prizes and monthly jersey giveaways that we get from Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. So please get on board. Jump on board. Free stuff. It's on. It's unbelievable. We love it. Everybody loves it. And 60 of our members, of our Patreon members, love it. So it's amazing. So that's it. This week's winner of our weekly prize goes to Cody Stevens. Really nice guy. Uh, and he also, I also want to say something about Cody Stevens. Cody was kind enough. And it's very skilled machinist to build this kind of thing for us that I'm going to hang up. But five episodes ago, we celebrated 250 Heather. So awesome. yeah. So this is, this is kind of cool. And uh, I want to cry he, a little Cody. That's beautiful. Yeah. But once we get a backer, he also made you one too. Oh, so I'll be giving this to you. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, Cody's the beautiful man. work. Beautiful yes, work. Sir. Cody. Yes, sir. But listen, I do want to mention Sharon Dietz was last week's winner. I forgot to mention it. We were really up against it with Lance last week, and my mind goes a million miles a minute. So I totally forgot. But I do want to also shout out Maria from Watertown, still getting your jersey. Nick Booster, you're still getting your signed puck. Jen Morin, you're still getting your signed puck. Eric Blackie, you're still getting your signed pucks. So you guys are all getting taken care of. I'm just a little behind. I got notes on everything. So I'm taking care of you all, but just please be patient. But please donate. We truly appreciate everybody that does. And uh, we truly appreciate everybody that's you know stayed on the pod till this far or on the YouTube video till this far. Because we appreciate I know. you. I know. What's this is up for this is our first uh, first Tuesday. I thought it was really good. I, mm-hmm. I've li- limited edits I'm going to have to make, which is fantastic. So let's keep on on that. But please rate and review. Please subscribe and thumbs up on on YouTube. We really appreciate it. We're going to get back That's on cool. and getting everything more repetitive, but just a different time to allow me to travel to the AHL games and the East Coast Hockey League games that are particularly, uh, you know, gravitated to the minor pro system of the Boston Bruins. So uh, the, I think these weekdays are going to be better. So, and who knows, maybe, maybe it'll benefit Heather and I and going out and getting drinks on the weekend. So yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> we'll do a bonus buy. We should do a beers in Bruins sometime. <laughs> no, we keep saying that. I even talked to our friend Dale about it when we were out, we were out this thing. He's like, you always say that. I go, yeah, this is the problem. You are guys. And I am not. So I'm going to pick a fucking day where we're doing beers and Bruins with our friends. And I'm just going to say, hey, boys, guess what? We're going to do it January 17th. And y'all go, okay. And then you'll bitch about it. And then you'll all show up. And then we're going to have some drinks. I'm just going to drop shit and watch you guys drink and talk. And then I'll just giggle on the side because I love this. Here's the topic, boys. Go ahead. 
happened. I want to see what happens. Dropping the grenade <laughs> of chaos. Yeah, that's what I do. You all but know I, that. But anyway, it is been a pleasure, Heather. We truly appreciate your time tonight on this Tuesday evening. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, subscribing, listening, support, the retweets, everything. You guys are amazing. Um, that's it. We will talk to you next week, next Tuesday night. We'll have a whole bunch of shit to talk about. West Coast uh, Swing. Yeah, I know. West Coast Swing. Let's go 3-0. and No predictions here. I hope to see it. Uh, we'll see what happens, but... Uh, we will talk about it next week and everything else that comes up in the news that we find fitting to uh, to sit here and shoot the shit about. So with that being said, Mark Allred here, and that's Heather Ingerson there. We'll talk to you guys next week. Be safe. Take care, everybody. Get your Christmas shopping done. Please go to blackandgoldhockey.com and use the Fanatics banner when you do that Christmas shopping because we certainly appreciate it. With that being said, I'm out. I, I got nothing Bye. else. Either. Bye. <laughs>Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.